Hey everyone, this is Sam Culpepper bringing you the Culpepper Chronicles, where myself and special guests hope to bring you, the listener, more information in regards to self-sufficiency, fieldcraft, survival, marksmanship, gear, and theory with the aids of not only personal experience and opinion, but historical and technical documentation as well. All in the hopes to better prepare you for impending collapse and hard times to come. Now, pull up a seat and let's get down to it. What's up, everybody? This is Sam coming to you with another podcast. This is episode five, I'm wanting to say. <clears throat> if you count the uh, little primers like a four, then this would be five or four and a half. So I am finally at the bequest of many doing a gear episode. Uh, what I want to focus on is um, my goal is to not persuade you one way or the other. I want to give you as much fact and opinion as I can based off of my experiences and my research and, and what I have found from others and give you as much information as possible so that you can make an informed decision on your own. I'm far from an expert. I'm not anyone who's done this for a living. Um, I've never been military or anything like that. I'm just strictly civilian. I've just got a lot of vested interest in it. So with that being said, we're going to get into it. Uh, when it comes to fighting kit, that's what we're talking about. Um, there are really two main broad spectrum types, and that's going to be chest or torso worn versus waist and hips. So with that, you have things like plate carriers, chest rigs, and vests, which are going to be chest and torso worn. Uh, and then belt kit, which would be something like uh, Alice surplus kit or like newer versions of that. Uh, a, a war belt, which would be like the, the big padded HSGI type uh, molly belts or the slimmer gun belts, uh, which is what we're seeing a big trend here right now. Like with everything, everyone's going slimmer and lighter and more uh, streamlined. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we'll get into that. So uh, the way I want to do this is kind of stick with each topic. And I'm going to try and put timestamps uh, in here. That way, if there's something specific you want to zip to, you can. Instead of just hearing me uh, ramble on about like plate carriers, if you have zero interest in plate carriers and just want to hear about chest rigs. Uh, but we're going to go uh, to start with plate carriers. <clears throat> so plate carriers, by definition, are a uh, nylon material sack that holds ballistic plates. That's, that's a very just bland explanation of them there are a ton of different types you have very streamlined ones uh that are the more of the slickster uh minimalist style all the way up to full-on uh big shoulder padded uh multi-tiered armor systems so with plate carriers what you are gaining with them is obviously ballistic protection um that that's that's their main goal all of these are going to carry gear to a degree but the big difference between plate carriers and all of the others is that you have ballistic prote protection. So the cost of that is typically decreased mobility and speed. Um, you're adding weight to your body and it's going to slow you down and it's going to make you uh, more difficult to move over obstacles and things like that. Some of that can be trained through. There are extremely lightweight plates out there, although they don't offer the same threat level protection. Um, but the following cons are they do not breathe very well, um, especially in my experience. I've had some that have like mesh backing and foam backing. 
Uh, I've done plate inserts on top of plates to increase airflow and add cushioning. Um, regardless, you are strapping something around your chest, which is a very high heat area for your body to try and disperse heat through, uh, and you're blocking your body's ability to disperse that heat. So if you're in somewhere that's you know cold all the time, that may not be an issue, and it may even be a benefit to a degree because you are trapping that heat onto your body. And as long as you're able to evaporate your sweat, you're okay. However, if you're somewhere in a temperate climate or a hot climate, or you have a lot of varying seasons, that could be a real issue if you're out and about and you have that plate carrier on. Uh, This is not one of the things that I feel most people are going to want to wear constantly. Um, I think a lot of people go into them with the idea that they will until they get them and start wearing them long-term and realize just kind of how much it sucks wearing one long-term. Um... And then it's going to be, okay, this is a very task-specific item. I think that's where most people, if you're going to have a plate carrier, are going to find the most use for it is not a constant wear thing, but, okay, I'm going into a uh, like an urban area. An urban area is really, really uh, hard to deal with it because it's so multifaceted in that you can have multiple shot angles. You can be standing on a street and take rounds from across the street, behind you, in front of you, down an alleyway, up in a tall building from you. There's so many different angles. It's probably a good idea to have that ballistic protection because you cannot feasibly see all the potential threats at all times versus a dense wooded area where, yes, there's always the chance of ambush, but there's a lot of available cover and dense foliage that you can get through for concealment or cover depending on what's there. So... Uh, vehicles. Vehicles are another big thing. Vehicles are bullet magnets, especially thin skin vehicles, which I've talked about in the primer, which are things like your minivans, SUVs, pickups, anything that's not up armored. So if you are in a vehicle that's not up armored, chances are if you take rounds, they're going to really be a big target and people are going to be zipping rounds through the door panels. So ideally, the, the first thing you would do would be exit the vehicle at the earliest possibility and take cover behind something more feasible but you may want to have a plate carrier on with side plates um, to help protect yourself and give you a better fighting chance to get out of the vehicle in the first place. Um, So with plate carriers, you get the gear ability. You get the ability to wear items, um, and it is up on your chest, which is technically more mobility, but the plates are making it harder for you to move. Like I said, some of that can be trained through. Some of that can be lightweight plates that have a varying protection level. Um, You will never be able to get all of your stuff on a plate carrier. And and that's just, no matter how much molly you put on it, you can tack pouches onto it as much as you want. You're not going to want to carry it when you overload it because you're not able to carry that much because of the weight of the plates. Um... And realistically, you won't be able to access it. You can only access so much in front of and to the sides of your body. So at that point, you're not gaining anything by putting something on your back unless you're in a team environment and you have the ability to say, hey, can you get this off of my back for me? Uh, Because you don't always, even in a team environment, have that ability. You you may be separated, uh, spread out, or something like that. And, And the only way to access it is to remove the plate carrier from your body, and then you're nullifying the ballistic protection while doing so in order to access um, the items on the back of it and then put it all back on. 
So that leads me to the next thing with plate carriers is <clears throat> rucks and packs. They do not play well with anything uh, bigger than an assault pack. And because of that, it makes it hard to say, yes, a plate carrier is a viable option if you're going to be rucking under a load for long durations. So if you are planning on moving vast distances with a ruck, um, you're not going to love your life if you're wearing a plate carrier under that ruck. The reason being is you've got a hard ceramic, hopefully ceramic, hopefully not steel <clears throat> plate on your back, and you've got a you know, 30 or 40 pound ruck with an external or internal frame pushing on that plate, and it's not able to conform around your body and is putting pressure on your back the whole time. There are some caveats to that, like a uh, crossfire, which is my preferred uh, ruck system, has a frame that is designed around a sappy plate. So you do have that room built into the frame to better play with a plate, um, but it's still never going to be perfect. So with that being said, you're only mostly going to be using a uh, lot, you know, 24-hour salt packs because they're unstructured and they're going to be able to form around that back plate just fine. So you're not getting as much sustainment capability because you can't carry everything that you're going to uh, with an assault pack <clears throat> because that's not what they're designed for. They're designed for short duration assaulting. The uh, workaround for that would be to, if you have a long distance ruck, you would take your plate carrier and place it on your ruck, ruck to your location, put your plate carrier on and then do whatever you need to. So, while that's a viable option, you need to understand and decide if that's something you're realistically going to do. If you're only going to be focused on community defense and you're only going to be in a very small area the whole time and not traveling a lot on foot, then a plate carrier is probably going to work for you. Um, are you realistically going to be rucking 20 miles in order to assault a position? Chances are, in a civilian context, not really. Um, a lot of people, you can argue the guerrilla warfare, um, Minuteman aspect where you're having to go out and search and find somebody. Um, you can argue that to death if you want to, <clears throat> but realistically, uh, your chances of doing that are small. So, more than likely, if you're spending a lot of time on, on or under a ruck, a long duration hike, if you would, um, you are better off not having the plate carry at all because it's just excess weight on top of your ruck that you're not really going to need when you get anywhere and you're able to use your environment to better uh, cover yourself in the event of an attack or a defense situation. So uh, plate carriers, pros, they have blister protection. They work really well in vehicles better than comparatively to like a uh, belt kit system or a war belt system because you don't really have anything on your back um, unless you're running like an assault panel, which I talked about. It's not really just the best option I've found uh, outside of team environments and even then it has its limitations. Uh, the cons, though, are that they weigh more. Um, you're going to decrease your movement. They they don't offer a lot of heat dissipation, which is a big deal in, in areas like mine where we're still, I mean, we're coming into fall and it's 85, 90 degrees with pretty pretty good humidity. Um, that's still going to be an issue. Uh, limited sustainment because you just cannot put as much stuff on them no matter how much molly it's on there. And they suck with packs. They just do. Outside of, like I said, outside of assault or short duration, uh, non-structured packs, they're just going to suck with them. <clears throat> so, the next thing that's going to be chest or torso worn would be chest rigs. Okay, so, there's a big push right now 
in what everyone are, is referring to macro rigs versus micro rigs. So macro rigs are things that are allowing you to carry, you know, six to eight mags, sustainment with big GP pouches, you know, water bottles, things like that. I think they're great. Um, there are some limitations to it compared to other options. The other side of that is micro rigs, which are things that are carrying the very, very, very minimum possible, in my opinion, to really get yourself out of trouble, but you're not really going to be going and getting into trouble with it, which you're looking at three mags, maybe some medical, um, and that's kind of it. Like There are some companies that are offering uh, kind of adapters or platforms to put the micro rig on, to add GP to it, to basically make it a macro rig. Um, but you have a ton of increased cost and weight because you're adding more and more material and more and more cost to it. <clears throat> so the chest rigs are going to have a lot of pros to the plate carrier, um, with some cons, don't get me wrong, but they've got a lot of pros as far as the chest and torso worn gear. Uh, you got less overall weight because you don't have the ballistic plates, um, outside of some specific cases where you can insert a plate into them. Although those are not super great, that would be the way I would do it, though, in my opinion. Um, would be a situation similar to, like, throwing the PC on the ruck. Well, if you can just throw the plates in the ruck and then just shove the plates into your plate carrier, into your chest rig when you get there, um, that is an option. Um, because of the less weight, you have increased maneuverability. Um, you are only having weight on the, the upper portion of your chest and maybe to your sides. You don't have the weight of the plates. You're able to bend and move and manipulate your environment more. They're going to do better with packs because there's nothing on your back outside of like if you had a hydro bladder, which I would not do. Uh, anything sandwiched between you and your pack is going to be having a lot of weight and friction put on it. Um, so you're better off keeping your hydro off of your back and in bottles on your sides. Um, <clears throat> but they're going to they're going to work better with packs because you uh, don't have anything in between you and the and the pack. And that goes for assault packs, single day packs, rucks, it doesn't matter. Um, it's going to work better with packs. They're going to do better with heat. While you do have something on your front, you don't necessarily have anything on your back outside of a very thin uh, H or Y harness or X harness, depending on how it's designed. So it's going to dissipate heat off your back a lot better. Um, they're going to do exceptionally well in vehicles because there's nothing on your back. Um, even more so than plate carriers because even with plate carriers, if you're in a vehicle, you have that rear plate between you and the seat. A chest rig is not going to have that issue. Oh my gosh, I get a drink. <clears throat> a chest rig is not going to have that issue because there's nothing between you and the seat. So it's going to be more comfortable in a vehicle. The cons, though, um, really come out to you being able to use your environment better. Uh, all these across the board, since we've, we've covered plate carriers kind of, um, would be, there's no ballistic protection. Um, you have less adequate balance because all of the weight's on your front, really. So it can lead to some lower back strain. Anyone who's wore one for a long period of time, you kind of find yourself leaning your, your upper back because you're trying to, uh, to counteract that weight that's hanging off of you. Uh, plate carriers do do that a little bit better because you have weight in your front and your back that's pretty well balanced because of the plates. Uh, there's still limited sustainment to this compared to other options. It's more than a plate carrier, um, because most of them have large GP pouches put onto them. Um, but you still have less than, than other options that are out there. So you have to factor in how much sustainment gear you're going to need, or if you can offload your sustainment gear onto your body, um, maybe in cargo pockets or in a smock or a field top or something like that. Um, 
<clears throat> because if you can do that, then you don't need as much sustainment room on your chest rig. Um, at the same time, though, you have to factor in hydration, which unless you have it on like a combo chest rig belt setup, which is what I would prefer, um, <clears throat> you have to have hydration somewhere. And if we're already talking about not putting hydro on your back, then it's going to be going on your sides. So that's something to factor in there. Uh, so let's see here. The next on the chest and torso option would be vests. So vests are not really talked about, and it doesn't seem like anyone really remembers that they exist. Um, they have existed back since Alice system, which is uh, the uh, LBV-88E is my preferred one because it's got the mesh, but there's the LBV-88, and then the E is just the enhanced version that had the, uh, the mesh on the front with the angled mag pouches built into it. <clears throat> They've been around for a while. Uh, a lot of other countries have, have tried that with like the SATF uh, combat vest top things that they do. Um, vests are pretty pretty viable option, especially if you're using it for like a community situation where you're just like, okay, every day we're going to patrol the community and make sure everyone's doing okay and they don't really need anything and the chance of getting into a conflict are low, but we still want to bring enough. If we get into a fight, we can fight with it. We don't need ballistic protection. Um, and we want to keep a lot of the gear dispersed on our body instead of just in front of us. So a vest has that potential. <clears throat> Pros are less weight compared to a plate carrier. Um, it's probably going to be equal weight to a chest rig. Uh, maneuverability. I think you will actually gain some maneuverability with this over a chest rig because you are getting a little bit better balance because it's, just, it's dispersing any of the weight around your body a little bit better. Um, packs, it's going to depend on the design of the vest. If it's something like that SATF uh, vest that has the big rocket pod hydro pouch thing on the back, it's not going to do as good as something that's uh, smooth back like the uh, LBV-88 or uh, the, uh, what is it? Oh, the, uh, the Mayflower multipurpose patrol vest. Um, it, those will do better with a pack as long as you don't have like a hydro bladder or you have a pack that's designed to work with a butt pack if you're running a butt pack on your uh, LBV-88. <clears throat> And uh, vehicles, they're going to do better in vehicles than some other options. But again, it's going to depend on the design. If you've got stuff on your back, you're going to have issues between you and the seat. It's just part of it. Uh, cons, again, no ballistic protection. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at that point. Um, heat. Heat, they're not going to dissipate as well as a chest rib because you do have something encompassing your body. But they're going to do better as long as they're designed smartly like... Uh, like the LBV-88 or like the flick that was basically just open in the back, <clears throat> it's going. those are all going to do better with heat um, than something that was all-encompassing, like a complete nylon vest. Those, I mean, anything like that's not going to breathe for nothing, so that's something to factor in for those. Um, okay, so moving on to hips and waist. Uh, again, I'm just kind of giving some broad definitions of these. I will go into examples uh after I get done kind of going over the pros and cons of each setup and give some suggestions um, in my experience to what might be viable options. <clears throat> okay, so hips and waist. Uh, the most proponent one that we're seeing right now, and I think this is a really good thing, is a belt kit. So LBE, load-bearing equipment, um, that's kind of the buzzword right now. And people will come to me and ask me questions about it. I mean, I don't know if it's because I picked up the jungle rig and that just kind of spurred it or what. There were dudes running Alice stuff before I ever picked up the, the jungle rig. 
There have been, you know, the Brits have been running belt kit for forever. I'm not the first one to do it, but people can tend to come to me about belt kit. Um, it works best for me in pretty much all of my situations. Uh, the pros to belt kit really come down to how much you're able to carry on you because you're transferring all of the weight to your hips. Uh, the way we are designed anatomically, our hips are like a shelf that can hold weight extremely well compared to the rest of our body. Um, it's just the way we're designed. So you can really load it down with ammo and sustainment gear. Um, like my jungle rig, if it's maxed out, can hold 12 mags, uh, two hydration bottles, either a canteen or an algae, however you want to do that. And then it can have a butt pack on the back or uh, the two GP pouches to hold all your sustainment gear. It ends up, mine usually runs around 25 pounds. Now that sounds like a lot, but when you throw it on, it feels like it's about half that. And you really don't notice the weight when you get moving around because of how your body is designed. As long as you have it on your body correctly, it's going to really do well with weight. <clears throat> so if you're someone who is going to be out in the field for a long time, or really going to need to have a lot of sustainment and ammo on you, uh, which I think we do for the most part, if we're going to be actively engaging uh, in uh, in offensive maneuvers, <clears throat> the belt kit really has a lot to offer in that regard. You're going to have a lot of maneuverability over a plate carrier, even over a chest rig, in, in my experience, um, doing, you know, times on certain evaluations uh, between all of those, wearing all those and, and checking my times. My times have consistently been better with belt kit. Um, now, if you have a lot of bulk on your body, like around your hips, if it's not purposely designed or, or well thought out, you can add too much crap to your, to your waist and you're going to decrease your maneuverability um, typically in close confines. So CQB, if you're, if you're a person who is factoring in CQB with everything you're doing, belt kit's probably not for you. Um, if it's a very small percentage of your experience or your potential experience in the future, belt kit's probably going to do okay for you. So keep that in mind. You've got stuff on your hips. It's making your, your profile larger in your hips area, which is not something we usually can account for when moving. You can really bump into things. It's doable. I mean, I've cleared my house in the jungle rig, and yeah, I bump into stuff, but it's not near as bad as people. People act like you're the Michelin man walking through your house, and you can't get through anywhere or do anything. Uh, packs, they're going to do exceptionally well with packs. That's how they're designed. Uh, as long as you have it set up sensibly and placed sensibly on your body, if you look at the Brits, they have been doing uh, short pack packs, what they call Bergens, for a long time with belt kit. Um, these things are great because you can basically ditch your, your waist belt on your pack as long as it's capable of doing that. Set that sucker right on your rear pouches as long as you've got a good stable shelf built onto your pouches or the way your pouches are lined out and your LBE is now your waist belt. So it's dispersing all of the weight to your hips through the LBE and they just do extremely well with that. <clears throat> um, layers, this is something that I haven't really talked about because the other options don't play that well with layers but if you're in somewhere like mine where in the summer we're, we're running really really thin like a merino wool base and a field top but when it gets cold we're going to have to layer in like a puffy and a windbreaker and then a uh, field top on top of it you're going to start adding layers to your body uh, belt kit with it that's strictly just a harness base as long as it's not a real big beefy bulky harness is going to be able to maneuver with that or, or basically stretch in and out or accommodate for those layers a lot better. So uh, belt kit tends to be um, 
kind of subjected to hot environments because we've seen it a lot in Vietnam, um, as well as the Brits' use of it, you know, in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq and the Middle East. Uh, but it's it's also exceptionally well for mountainous areas. Uh, I've got buddies in Alaska that are using uh, British belt kit, and uh, they're just ranting and raving about how great it is um, because they're able to basically layer with it, and they they get all of that ability of movement movement within their layers without being trapped under their LBE because it's all around their hips except for the harness. So there are cons. No matter how much you like something, there's going to be cons. And uh, if we're being you know objective about everything vehicles belt kit doesn't do super great with vehicles because you tend to have pouches big pouches around your hips especially in the rear so it's not undoable but it's not going to play well with like bucket seats that you see in a lot of the vehicles today if you're in the back of a pickup or something it's going to do fine uh, and it's still doable it's just something that you have to factor in there's no blister protection um, and the overall weight is higher than all the others but like i said because you're putting it on your hips you don't notice it as much uh, the hips plus the harness on your shoulder really distribute the weight extremely well and uh, it makes it super durable uh, you can take a 25 pound belt kit and a 25 pound plate carrier and i promise you you're going to say that the belt kit weighs nothing compared to the plate carrier it's just the way it's designed and the way your body works uh, the next thing on hips and waist is going to be war belts so war belts are going to be a very niche thing i had one and i liked it for the most part um, i moved on to the belt kit it's nice because it's a good grab-and-go option. So if you're someone who's just going to be sticking around your property and you don't really have the potential for a threat, you're just, hey, I want to prepare just in case. I want to carry kind of the bare minimum to get me through the day because I'm not going to be leaving my property and I'm with eyesight of the house at all times. A war belt's probably going to work really good for you. Um, they're lightweight at their base. They're easy to don and off because it's just you slap it around your waist and click it in. Uh, they'll do okay with layers um, as long as you can adjust the buckle system because you're just slapping around your waist. There's no harness or anything like that. Uh, you have the ability to, to include a pistol or a handgun, however you want to uh, call the nomenclature. Um, whether that's something that you need is going to have to be weighed off of personal experience and, and intended use. I think a handgun is useful. I don't think it's a have-to-have. Um, if it comes down to me not having a combat loadout of magazines because I, want, I have a pistol, then I'm going to ditch the pistol and just run rifle mags. Um, because rifles win fights, but handguns are viable if you're someone who's going to be maneuvering people, climbing ladders, scaling fences, things like that. A handgun can be useful for that because you're going to be one-handed, and if for some reason you have to engage, you at least have the ability to use one hand to defend yourself until you can get back to your rifle. So, with that being said, you do have the ability to use a pistol on your war belt. You can do that on some belt kit, depending on how it's made, as long as it's not the sewn-together belt kits like the Brit ones, um, if it's something that is molly, like the uh, the jungle rig where you can kind of uh, ditch pouches as you go and add and things like that, you can you can work a pistol in there if you just absolutely want to. It's something I'm actually probably going to do. I'm just going to play around with it a little bit in the future. Uh, they are comfortable because of the padding. Um, however, if you're not careful when you get a bunch of sand and grit and crap in there and you're trying to use this without your shirt on, like it's you know four in the morning and the dogs are barking and you wrap this thing around your waist, it's probably going to be pretty irritating around your waist, but, you know, it's a very small small case of use there. Cons, they're not going to do great with packs. So the, the difference between a war belt and belt kit, you would be thinking that, okay, well, if it's around my waist, it's going to be fine with a pack. It's not because you don't have a harness system. Um, so there's nothing to keep the belt necessarily on your hips except for tightening it around your waist, and that's going to get super uncomfortable super fast. Um, 
there are some options for a harness or suspender system, but most of them are, are bungee or not necessarily well-made to work good for, uh, for that intended use. If you're going to do something like that, you need to use something or set something up that's really intended to be belt kit in the first place. Uh, limited capability because of the lack of suspender system or the design necessarily, because some of these war belts aren't even designed to adapt to a suspender system, uh, you're going to have limited capability. You're not going to carry 12 mags. You're going to carry two or four mags. You're going to carry a very minimal amount of medical. You're going to carry maybe a water bottle. You're going to carry a fighting knife and a, a pistol and maybe a tourniquet and a compass. While a lot of that is useful, um, you have to figure in that if this is the only thing you have on, that's not really enough to get you anywhere. It's enough to get you back home type of thing. Uh, so you need to factor that in. Uh, layers, so that's a, uh, it's a pro and a con because unless you've got an adjustable buckle system, you're not going to do great with layers um, compared to uh, like the belt kit, which pretty much all of those are made with an adjustable buckle system because of how they're designed. So lastly, you're looking at gun belts. <clears throat> so the pros to a gun belt are pretty much everything that the war belt has. Um, they're just a, a lighter and slimmer variation of that. So that's going to be like your Velcro inner outer belts. Some are molly, some aren't. You just kind of have to decide how you want to do that. You'll be able to factor in a pistol. Um, pretty much everything you're getting with a war belt, you're just not getting the comfortable padding system. And it's not going to do as well with layers because it's designed to be Velcroed to an inner belt. If you're throwing on a long coat and things like that because it's winter, you can technically put a gun belt that's the inner outer Velcro style around that if you can adjust the buckle out far enough, but it's not designed for it and it's not going to stay there like a war belt would be that has that, that gel sticky uh, padding material that kind of clings to your clothes. So that's something to factor in. Um, it's going to have less capability than a war belt. In my experience, you can't load them down as much as you can like the uh, the big padded Molly war belts. Just because of the design, they, they tend to just not handle that weight well. There's a very just limited amount of real estate because they're only, you know, two inches wide versus four or five or six inches wide. They don't balance out heavier mags and things like that as well. So, let's see here. What to pick. So, in my experience, any of, you, can, you can work any of these into any situation you're coming up with. You really can. Um, you just have to be realistic about it. So if if this is if this were me, if we're talking strictly home and property defense, any of these um, will work. Although a, like a full-on belt kit, if you're only going to be on your property and not moving anywhere else, a full-on belt kit's probably going to be overkill. The chances of you needing 12 mags in your front yard is extremely small outside of specific situations. So maybe instead of belt kit, you would look at a chest rig and a pistol belt combo or a, just a war belt or something like that if that's all you're going to be is on your home property. Now, if you start getting to neighborhood community defense where I'm going to start getting together a patrol and we're going to patrol the neighborhood and we've, we've walled off our cul-de-sac and there's 20 homes involved and we're going to do roving patrols inside and outside the perimeter for security, that's where you start getting into the viability of all these other things. So um, in my opinion, belt kit still is a, a very, very awesome option for this because if I didn't want to run a ruck, I still have that butt pack or GP pouches for basically an assault kit setup. Um, if I get bogged down because we engage a bunch of looters or whatever and it's not and we have to bunker down, I've got sustainment gear on me. Um, I've got plenty of mags on me. I've got hydration on me. I've got pretty much everything I need all within that LBE. 
Now, the other option would be like a chest rig, uh, especially coupled with a pistol belt. So now you're getting into the, the six to eight rifle mags and handguns and some sustainment and some hydration. Um, that's all going to do well. It's not going to sustain you near as much as a belt kit would. But it's going to be better for you uh, than nothing. <clears throat> so if it's urban, I touched on this. If it's urban, I don't know that there's really any other option than a plate carrier. I, I would not step out of my safe zone in an urban area without armor. Um, simply because there's so many freaking variables. If you look at you know historical aspects, especially like Fallujah, uh, which was just awful, um, armor really played a big factor in survivability there. And I think that today's armor would have done even better because we have better ballistic protection. Um, but there's just so many ways you can get shot in, in urban areas that it's just... A, a plate carrier just got to be it, in my opinion. Um, especially if you're going to be uh, leveraging vehicles for movement, um, a plate carrier is the way to go for that, without a doubt. Um, <clears throat> vests are going to work just as good as chest rigs. Uh, depending on the design, you can't really run a pistol belt with it. Um, like the LBV 88 is designed to be ran with the uh, Alice uh, web belt, and then you put pouches on that. You can technically put a handgun on it, um, depending on how you've got it set up but you won't be able to necessarily run like uh, AWS SMU um, belt along with it. It's just not designed for it. Uh, I think a chest rig with a, a pistol belt would probably be a more viable option over a vest in that regard. I still personally, for me in my area, think belt kit rules for that as well. Uh, lastly would be like a guerrilla warfare uh, insurrection. We're going out and fighting uh, the government. If that, if, a lot of people really just kind of want to jump on that bandwagon. Um, I think that's something to prepare for, but I'm much more focused on like neighborhood and community defense and, uh, and structure building and, and stabilization of my area. But if that's what you're focusing on, I think belt kit's going to be your, your main squeeze there because you're out and about in the field. You don't have resupply unless you've got caches or friendly forces or uh, sympathetic you know, neighbors that are going to be able to stash equipment and ammunition and supplies for you. So you're going to have to pack out everything you're going to need. Um, everything you, you step off with is what you got. So you're going to need to haul a lot of ammo. You're going to need to haul a lot of food and a lot of water and a lot of medical. And your whole team's going to have to because you don't have helicopters coming over dropping off speed balls and magazines to top off with so you can go to the next mission. That's just not how it works, and that's that's really... One of the things a lot of people don't factor in because all we see, especially in social media, are the lightweight micro rigs and the dudes uh, in special forces running three mags and a band-aid. Um, and the reason for that is they have that resupply behind them. They can assault a building and if they need more magazines, call in a drop and they'll fly over and drop off more mags and they'll top off and away they go to the next mission. Um, you're not going to have that in a situation where you are your own force, you are you are the, the smaller insurrectionist force in that regard. You are fighting someone who has that capability. So you're going to have to bring everything with you. Um, so for that, belt kit is really gonna rule. Um, right behind that would be a really good macro size chest rig that's gonna hold a lot of ammunition and, and general purpose supplies and medical. Uh, and then right behind that, in my opinion, is a vest, just because I think you get a little bit more flexibility with a chest rig and pistol belt setup than the vest setup. <clears throat> so before I get into specific examples, I want to talk about something that's not talked about a lot. And that's what I call, uh, and there's different ways to, to reference this, the max 50 factor, which is a weight issue. 
the absolute maximum your fighting load should be is 50 pounds. Uh, that is scientifically proven uh, through different studies over the last couple decades that the fighting load should not be over 50 pounds and closer to 40 is better. Um, after, after 50 pounds, you get to the point of diminished returns with movement and survivability. It doesn't matter how much armor you have. If you can't friggin' move because you weigh 65 pounds with armor and ammo, you're just, you're a liability and you're not going to get anywhere. So what has to be factored into that is not only your fighting load up, but your rifle. So if you've got a 12 pound rifle, well, that's going to leave you, you know, uh, 48 pounds or, uh, 38 pounds left, uh, to work with for everything else. Well, if that's the case, then you start having to limit things, uh, especially if you start adding in armor. Uh, say you've got, you know, an additional 12 pounds of armor because you've got, you know, front and back plates. Well, let's go as far as to say 15 pounds because you've got side plates because it's urban. Um, okay, so at that point, you've got like 20 pounds to work with, maybe, if you're lucky, depending on how you leverage stuff. Um, a pound is a pound it doesn't matter what you you stuff onto your body a pound's a pound so a loaded uh, ar-15 p mags is roughly a pound a loaded uh, akp mags like a pound and a half a steel p mag or a steel ak mags like two pounds so you do the rocking ak's that are like 10 pound rifles with two pounds mags man more power to you but that that just that's going to start sucking fast um you if you are really focused on this 50 pound weight limit you've got to factor all that stuff in uh, you can't have a 50-pound fighting load and then grab a 10-pound rifle and say, yep, I got my 50 pounds. No, you've got 60, um, and good luck with it. So, for instance, my belt kit's 25 pounds. Uh, I weighed it the other day. It's got everything in it that I would normally have with it. It's 25 pounds. My rifle was just under 10. I'll call it 10 just to say whatever. That was back when I had that LPVO. It's probably lighter now that I got that, that T2 and uh, magnifier on it. But we'll say 10 pounds. So I've got 35 pounds. That's everything I need. Everything else on top of that is just money. That's my that's my rope. That's me throwing more food and water in my pockets or, or something like that. I'm well under that max 50 factor at that point. Uh, I've got a, you know, a three-pound helmet that I'd have on. I'm still well under. I'm, I'm at, you know, maybe 30 pounds. Well, I've still got 20 pounds of work left to work with. You know, I mean, you've got to factor this stuff in, guys, um, if you want to be viable. Now, there are some caveats to that. If you're strictly vehicle-based, that kind of goes out the window because you can load all your crap into the vehicle and just have your minimal amount on your body that you are necessarily needing. But that's if you have vehicle sustainability, you can continue using vehicles, or we're in a future where vehicles are still viable because of like EMP or some weird crap like that. So don't leverage yourself around vehicles and mobility unless you have the ability to sustain it. Uh, that goes for horses, bicycles, ATVs, anything like that. Unless you can sustain it, uh, you can't always factor that in, so you need to be able to be flexible with it. Uh, whatever you do, make sure you focus on really the big three, which is defense, sustainment, shelter. Uh, the fourth one would be medical. So uh, those kind of go into shelter and sustainment, though. So make sure that you're focusing on defensive measures, uh, sustainment in the field, shelter in the field, and medical. So all that being said, um, we'll finally get into suggestions because everybody – the going question is, hey, what do you suggest for this? Hey, what do you suggest for that? What's a good brand of XYZ? Um, we're just going to go down kind of uh, some brief suggestions uh, and then kind of talk about my overall thoughts <clears throat> in regards to gear. So plate carriers. In my experience, um, I've had the, uh, the Mayflower APC, the Ferro Concepts, uh, the newest FCPC, 
I've had a scarab for a little bit. The one that I think would probably be best would be something like, or uh, the strand hogs, what I had for a little bit from uh, first beer. The the one that would probably be best, uh, bang for your buck money wise, is going to be more than likely the Velocity System Scarab. Uh, and there's a couple different options for that as far as uh, which backpack, or not backpack, but uh, back portion you have, whether it's the Molly back or uh, the Velcro back or however. You can kind of pick and choose which one you order. I think that's probably the best plate carrier out there right now. Bang for your buck money-wise. It's going to be comfortable um, as long as you don't load it down. It's going to be adaptable because you can run placards or you can just use the uh, the Molly front panel and direct Molly pouches on. Uh, it's got articulating shoulders. It, it's just it's a really good plate carrier. It's not going to kill you as far as price goes. I think man, the freaking Ferro Concepts plate carrier is, is really nice, but it's expensive for what it is. Um, I had one. I still think it's expensive for what it is. I don't think that the, the cost is there. Um, especially compared to something like the Scarab, which is like 200 bucks less. Um, I don't know that slick plate carriers are really worth anything outside of very, very specific situations. If you are someone who is wanting to run very thin handgun rated plates under your clothing because you're having to blend in in an urban environment but still protect yourself i think they have a lot of viability in that regard outside of that they're not really designed for weight distribution in the shoulder pad areas they're pretty much all held together with velcro across the board and that's all there is until you start wrapping like shoulder pads around them uh, or even in the front and back usually the cummerbunds attached velcro only um, and they don't have any securement, like an, a flap that goes over them or anything like that. They're not going to last you nearly as long as other options that are out there. Um, you can tack on a chest rig, like a micro rig or even a macro rig, depending on how you have it set up, to the front of them. And that's kind of where you get into a little bit more of the viability. Um, but even then, I think something like the Scarab is a better option, just because it's designed to handle weight distribution better than the other other things out there. So, with that being said, we'll roll into chest rigs, um, and this is something, it, it's like it's a constant thing. Every time I get on social media, it's micro rigs versus macro rigs, and there seems to be a division on there, and everyone thinks that it can be one or the other, and really everyone is like, oh, you know, for years, or the last several years, it was micro rigs. It's three mags, very little sustainment, very little medical. I'm going to do three mags, and that's going to get me out of any situation possible, and that was really, 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 really pushed. Now we're seeing a bunch of people pushing macro rigs, which is more in the camp that I'm in, where you're having, you know, six to eight mags, plus general purpose gear, plus medical, plus hydration. Uh, but that's not to say micro rigs don't have a place. They're really good on the front of plate carriers. Um, you're already having a lot of bulk from a plate carrier just with plates. When you throw a micro rig on the front of it, that gives you a little bit of viability. Um, really really tight confines uh there was a guy i was talking to who uh <clears throat> is in the military and he lives in a tank i mean that's that's his job he's a tanker so if he's getting in and out of the tank and he's got armor on a micro rig is going to do a whole lot better for him because he has very 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 tight confines that he has to maneuver in that's going to work um a civilian uh response to an active shooter i think a micro rig is probably okay there um, depending on how you have it set up, chances are three mags are going to get you out of that situation pretty well. Um, 
same thing for like law enforcement first responder uh that has a plate carrier on there are some uh some uh departments that still or that are starting to say okay you have to have rifle plates on uh i can't think of the specific ones i was talking to a guy several months back that, that their department said that you know if you're if you're running rifle plates that's fine just wear it kind of all the time or even your soft armor they have you know velcro front chest uh velcro front vests and plate carriers that they're wearing that they can clip a micro rig on and slap it on and go if they need to that's going to like three mags is probably going to get them out of that situation because it's a domestic issue um they have viability i'm not going to say they don't i'm not going to say that they don't have a reason for existence because they do it's just very very small and it's not up my alley that doesn't mean it's not up yours if you are you know going through all this and saying hey micro rig's going to work for me i have xyz for examples for it then do it by all means i mean rock on uh in my opinion macro rigs are a better option that's going to be something like uh the lbt uh current offerings uh velocity systems gen 4s gen 5s their pusher um those are going to be really good options uh the plat attack peacekeeper is one that a lot of people sleep on that's got a lot to offer it really does it's holding like six mags and big gp pouches with some molly capabilities so you can adjust it and tailor it a little bit more to your needs that thing's got some serious capability and a lot of people are sleeping on it and they shouldn't be if you're going down the chest rig route try and see if you can get a hold of one of those plat attack peacekeepers uh those things are pretty sweet um, let me think here. What are some other chest rig options? You still have surplus options. That's another thing. Um, the old Eagle Industries, uh, zip front plate, uh, chest rigs, those are good. Uh, there are still some LBT surplus stuff out there. The issue is like people are starting to really chime in and, and grab a hold of surplus stuff. Prices are going up and availability is going down. So, you know, if you're hitting up eBay, you're starting to see that lately. Um, there's still some websites like Venture Surplus out there that still have a lot of surplus gear. Um, <clears throat> surplus does have a, have the potential to offer you a low-cost uh, entry-level um, load-bearing solution for chest rigs, especially chest rigs. Like, the, if, you, if you count some of the flick options, those are kind of counted as chest rigs because they're an open back versus a vest, but they're really designed to be more of a vest. As far as vests go... Um, I think the gold standard right now would be the uh, Mayflower multi-purpose patrol vest. Even if you don't throw a hydration bladder in the back of it, which maybe you will, maybe you won't. Depends on how your pack's set up. Just be mindful that you can pop those or, or rub a hole in them or, or rip a seam or something. you got water running down your back. So make sure you're leveraging the fact that you're not only going to carry your hydro on your back. But I think that's an awesome uh, modern interpretation of like the Eagle and LBT rigs that were out and about in the earlier or the earlier era of uh, GWAT. I think that's just a really awesome option. I plan to get one in the future and uh, try and run it with a pistol belt. It's just not necessarily in the cards with everything else that I have to try and secure right now. So uh, surplus options for the vest would be like the LBV-88E like I talked about. I actually do have one of those that I'm working on setting up uh, to kind of showcase a, a budget-friendly vest option. Like, uh, hey, you've got 100 bucks, you can get on here and find all this and you've got something to work with at least. Um, let's see. I think that's pretty much because I'm I'm trying to speak out of personal experience and not just necessarily uh, what I've seen and what I've talked about. I've had a lot of different things and tried a lot of different things. Uh, hips and waist belt kit. I think this is tough. I really love the jungle rig 
and I think it's going to work for the vast majority of people. I don't ever plan on moving away from it. I wish it was a little bit more modular. The way they did it, it does have molly pouches and a molly belt, but the harness attaches to the pouches themselves instead of the belt, which is really great for load distribution, but sucks if you're trying to tailor it to your needs because you can't really change up a whole lot because you have to anchor in the harness in certain positions to make it work. <clears throat> so with that being said, maybe belt kit from like JJ's of Brecken or uh, Dragon Supplies or uh, Kit Monster as far as the British belt kit goes, maybe that will work better for you. If you absolutely cannot have anything in front of your hips because you are like a battle gnome and you've got short legs and a short torso and everything kind of binds as it is, that's definitely going to be better for you because you don't have anything binding in front of you. With the jungle rig, um, I did end up going to two mags in, in the front two pouches uh, to decrease a little bit of the thickness. Uh, I never really ran into it when moving, but going prone, it was sometimes problematic laying on top of three mags. Laying on top of two mags is just substantially better. Uh, surplus options, there's a lot of different ones out there. You can even get old Brit belt kit, like the DPM pattern. Um, Alice gear, Alice gear's cheap. For what it is, it works really good, and it's cheap, and you can really go a long way with Alice kit. Like for 50 bucks, you can have a full-on fight and setup and be done with it. And it's really good stuff. Um, the, the jungle rig is just kind of like an updated version of the Alice kit. So, uh, those would be my main two recommendations. The only other option I would suggest would be maybe something like the blue force gear, uh, their belt minus V3. I think it's the V3. It's their newest one. Getting that and adding whatever molly pouches you wanted to it. You can, if you get a good harness system, like that's designed for belt kit, um, run one of those harnesses on like a war belt setup, <clears throat> like an HSGI or something like that, and and deck that out with some molly pouches and, and get get going with belt kit pretty good. Um, if you if you really like the jungle rig stuff, people will say, well, hey, you know, it costs a lot. Yeah, it does, especially compared to like Alice Gear or or home brewing a a belt setup. But you're paying for the materials. Uh, it sheds water like it's going out of style because of all the Hoplon and, uh, and Ultra Comp and Helium Whisper and everything that uh, Velocity System does with the, the same stuff that Blue Force Gear uses. Um, it's super light, and it's just worth it. If you just wanted to use the pouches, you can just source the pouches. So if you wanted to run your own uh, homebrew belt setup and then just use the Jungle Rig pouches, you can get those directly from Velsist or from Velocity Systems, for those that don't know the abbreviation or shorthand of that. I've actually got a jungle pack on the way that I'm going to replace the two rear GP pouches on my belt kit with. They just, they've got a really long build time. So don't order it and expect it to be shipped in like a couple of days. It's going to take a couple of weeks or more to get it built up and shipped out to you. As far as war belts go, um, the only one I've had experience with is the ATS uh, tactical war belt. It served me really well. A lot of people kind of complain that they roll over. I didn't load mine down very much. Uh, it was only like two rifle mags, two handgun mags, and some medical and a pistol. I never really experienced the big rolling over flopping that a lot of the uh, people complain about with the, the Molly wide, thick belt pads uh, or war belts. I think that would probably be uh, nullified if you ran a lightweight harness on it. So... Out of experience, the ATS is the only one I've messed with. It was really good. It was definitely worth the money that I spent on it. Other options would be something like the HSGI. Uh, I haven't messed with any of their laser cuts. I haven't messed with any of their belts, for that matter, except for their uh, one of their duty belts. I ran one of the slim grip padded slap-on Velcro things on the inside of it, trying to make like a really lightweight 
bore belt and it just ended up being awful it, it was probably the worst thing i ever built in my life um it wasn't a a material issue it was just did not work out the way i expected it to um those but hsgi would be another source for a big padded war belt if you wanted to go that route uh gun belts so there's a lot of different options my favorite that i've had is and it's the one i have now is the advanced war fighting solutions uh smu belt it's a two inch wide heavy duty nylon very stiff but it's also got laser cut molly on it um so you can molly on pouches i prefer that over the uh the velcro wraparound style pouches on them simply for uh the durability aspect in in my experience the velcro wraparound ones tend to get stuck to the inner belt or will peel up or if they get super wet and dirty and nasty and mud uh the velcro is going to start kind of giving way and uh, i prefer to just molly on the pouches and they stay there a lot better you don't get quite as much a like fine-tuning adjustment because you have select cells that you have to put the pouches on but for the most part that's that's not a big issue i think a lot of people really just harp on that a little too much uh let's see here the original uh aws belt's good um i hear really good things about the new axle advanced belt um that i want to say it's like tiger's material that they're using on that the same thing that uh ferro concept uses on their bison belt and their uh 3AC Assault Cumberbund. That stuff's really cool. I really like the way that's going. From my understanding, it's not IR compliant, so it shines really bad under MVG. So that's something to factor in there. I'm not really super experienced in the gun belt aspect. I, I haven't really messed with them too much. I was always directly attaching stuff to my belt anytime I did anything, it seemed. So uh, those are some options. Uh, in closing, uh, I hope this kind of answered and helped any of y'all along. Uh, I'm not an expert on it. I'm giving you my two cents on it. It's worth everything you paid for it. Uh, but in closing, make sure, and I harp on this all the time, make sure that you are realistically looking at what you need stuff for. If you live in an apartment in a high-rise and you have no plans to leave that apartment for whatever reason, you don't need belt kit and sustainment kit or anything like that. Um, the flip side of that is just because it's cool to run around with three mags on your chest and some band-aids and it is really light and it is really high speed and it is really minimalist and that's all super great. If you're going out looking for trouble, that's not going to be something that's going to serve you well. It's just not. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of satire going around right now with the, uh, those that have served or, or have experienced, uh, warfare in the last you know decade or two talking about that oh you know if you've not experienced that you don't know what you're talking about well okay sure i haven't experienced it but in no way in my mind is having only uh 90 rounds a good idea if i'm having to go up and face superior forces especially in a situation where you're civilian or uh non-military facing military i just don't understand how anyone can look at that and say this is a good idea with that being said, always make sure with everything that you buy or you consider, um, be really, really, really realistic with it. What I usually do is write down everything on a piece of paper that I can factor into it and really analyze everything before I ever buy or purchase anything. I talk to people all the time about stuff. I talk myself into and out of stuff all the time. So just really be uh, objective with it. 
with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've got over a thousand uh, listens or plays so far across four episodes. That's super freaking awesome. I hope to do more. Um, I hope to have another guest speaker on uh, maybe towards the end of this week. I'm getting in touch with a couple people to see who can do what, and we'll go from there. Um, if you like this podcast and the way this laid out, give me some more ideas on stuff to talk about, and we'll try and go into it. I'm going to try and have people who uh, are really good, you know, SMEs or subject subject matter experts on stuff uh, coming on to really just dive deep in the weeds on things like comms and navigation and stuff like that. Uh, I can give you broad spectrum stuff all the time, but giving you very specific information is what I'm trying to do. So anyways, guys, take it easy. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe.